Happy Saturday. Welcome back to Brutal, the podcast where we're brutally honest because honestly, it's brutal out there. It has been a second. It's been a second since we had an episode. Exciting to be back and just very excited for you guys to hear um, today's episode. So I recorded with Maya Ballester and Abby Rose Morris from the More Than Tracy Turnblad podcast. If you're not familiar, More Than Tracy Turnblad is honestly an incredible show. Really, really good podcast. Really worth a listen. Um, Basically, they are covering fat representation in the media. So talking about fat phobia, you know, fat character tropes, body representation and how we can aim to be like more inclusive in our depiction of all different types of bodies in the media. Obviously, I think like anything to do with body image is a really, you know, it's like a sensitive topic, but I think it's important to just be really candid and and, like brutally honest about where possible. So I thought that these two were the perfect guests. Um, We had a really great conversation, a little bit all over the place in terms of topics. I definitely lost my place, but just like one of my most fun episodes ever because I feel like we were just shooting the shit. So we had a lot of fun. I hope you guys will leave comments, email me, DM me, whatever. Like, let me know you think. You'll hear it at the very end, but one of Abby's like hottest takes, so to speak, or she kind of said it was her hottest take, is that for a lot of people, what they want in a partner is actually stuff that would make them feel better about themselves. And it kind of ties into like another theme of this episode, which is that like society incessantly shits on fat people in so many ways, like media shits on fat people in so many ways, because it makes them feel better about themselves. And I thought that was like a really interesting topic to explore, right? Like how many of our friendships or how many of our relationships or whatever, like people that we're potentially dating, like how much of that is based on, you know, what we want to look like or feel like next to them and like what's the morality of that. So yeah, things got kind of cerebral, things are kind of crazy. Absolutely love these two individuals, love this conversation. I hope you guys do too. Um, I'm sorry we don't have time for a longer intro, but this is a really long episode, so I want to make sure you guys can hear everything from them. Next week, I'm releasing an episode I did with Owen Moore a couple weeks ago. That's really awesome. I think like largely focused on dating because that's kind of the topic he covers. But yeah, I'm sure you guys will like that one as well. As always, like write in with your questions, podcastbrutal at gmail.com. DM me at BrutalPod. TikTok, DM me or comment on my videos at BrutalPod. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and talk to you soon. Okay, guys. Hi. Welcome back to Brutal, the podcast where we're brutally honest because honestly, it's brutal out there. Um, Really, really excited to be here with Abby Morris um, and Maya Ballister. I hope I'm saying that right. Ballister, right? Yeah. So Ballister or Ballester, depending on how how crazy you're feeling. Um, So some of you may be familiar with them from their podcast, More Than Tracy Turnblad, um, which is a podcast covering all things having to do with, as I understand it, and I'll let you guys kind of do a better intro, but, mm-hmm. you know, based on my stalking of your podcasts and your TikToks, um, you know, covering topics like fat phobia in the media, just fat representation in the media in general. I'm so excited to have them here. I think this is, you know, I think fatness in general, fat phobia, it can be like a, a difficult topic. Um, so I'm hoping I don't you know, come off like a total jerk, as I said. Um, but <laughs> I am really excited to talk to you guys because I think this is this is a topic where like, you know, candor and brutal honesty and like realness, as I said before we started recording, is like absolutely paramount um to like moving past some of these issues. So excited to have you guys here. Um, can you, I guess, start by just give us a little rundown? Um, you know, I know Abby, you have your your like one woman show, more than Tracy Turnblad. How did this mm-hmm. turn into, you know, later a podcast, this kind of this whole, I guess, project or, you know, amalgamation of ideas and stuff? 
Yeah. So the one woman show started because I was a musical theater major in college and I just felt like there, they, nobody knew where to put me or what to do with me in terms of casting. Um, being fat made me ineligible for most roles that were age appropriate for me. So I would either be forced to play people way older and unrelatable or Tracy Turnblad was really the only like age appropriate option. Um, and I just got so fed up with this. So I wrote the show called More Than Tracy Turnblad. Um, I performed it in the Philly area a few times and then the pandemic hit. And I had been in like, you know, body positive and fat liberation, like Twitter and social media. And I, at some point during the pandemic, I'd had the podcast idea floating around since before, just didn't have really the time or the um, courage. I was really worried about becoming a public figure, I guess, and like talking on the internet about fat stuff. I know what kind of response that gets from people. And I was really, I wasn't sure I could handle it. Um, but one day I was super bored in my horrible pandemic job and um, the training that had tech difficulties where we'd sit for hours waiting for them to get their shit together. It's horrible. <laughs> um, and of course, during that time, my brain goes off in this direction and starts planning a whole new project so that I don't have to pay attention to the boring job. Um, mm. And I've just posted on Facebook, like, would anyone want to come on a podcast to talk about like fat phobia and representation in the arts? Um, and I very much started from like an actor perspective and was interviewing mostly other actors until pretty recently. Um, but what came up in the course of doing the podcast um, over the time, which Maya came on board too, mm-hmm. um, was that w- the experiences of actors and entertainers are really interesting. And I love to share those on the pod, but the experiences of everyone are so affected by the entertainment industry and by media. And I see this really, really strongly with myself. I see it with others. Um, So much of the ideas and biases that we hold about certain bodies are like directly from either our close influences or the media we consume. And those close influences might've got it from the media they consumed, you know? So I think mm-hmm. it's really powerful and um, should be addressed. And here we are. <laughs> I love it so much. No, I think it's, um, and honestly, like you're, you're brave to put yourself out there in that way. Cause like, I'm not even saying anything like close to as, I guess, like controversial quote unquote of a topic as like fatness in the media is. And I'm getting the craziest comments of my life. So like, I can't imagine reading your comment section and like, God bless, like, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy. But um, Maya, I'd love to hear from you as well. Also, how do you guys know each other? I didn't even ask you. Literally, Maya DM'd me and was like, hey, do you ever need any help on this podcast? I was like, sure. And then we had this yeah. room and I and we just talked for like a long time. Oh my and, God, I love um, it. Eventually, uh, they were doing like the Instagram and social media and eventually mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to do this podcast with more than one person because I I want I love like a co-host dynamic. All the podcasts I listen to have multiple hosts and I listen for the dynamic and I was like, I want that on mine. Yes, so, I always think that because I'm like, it's literally just me, myself and I. So sometimes when I don't have, you know, a guest or whatever, I'm like, I'll do my own episode. Like I can obviously talk for up to six hours without stopping, um, but I just can't <laughs> like it's there's nothing. No one's like bounced stuff off of. Um, So I, I totally feel you. But sorry, Maya, I think I interrupted you. No, you're good. So yeah, I was kind of in like fat liberation TikTok for a while during the pandemic. I was like 
very, very immersed in that. Um, and I had like been aware of the podcast and I just, I just was kind of like, fuck it. I mean, like, I'm not doing anything right now. So maybe I'll just ask if like, she needs any help. Um, and I was like, yeah, I actually do need help. But I was like, lit. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, just kind of very recently became a like co-host situation, which I love because I can also talk for pretty long about some time. Um, and I love talking about this in particular, um, something that has affected me my whole life, um, affected my family members. So like, it's something that I'm very passionate about. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess like the reason I'm so interested in this topic, like I, I can't say that honestly, I can't say that I've, you know, experienced being very fat, to be honest, like I, I wouldn't want to co-opt that language or like claim to be able to emphasize, empathize with something that like I have not really experienced. But what I will say is when I was in college, I was like bigger than I am now. And I lost like 30 pounds when I graduated. And even just 30 pounds, it was like, I noticed this, it was like a marked difference in how some people treated me. And that was like, you know, whether it was like guys at the bar or like girls that, you know, I thought were my friend and it kind of just became a weird vibe. Like, I don't know what it was. And so I think like the topic mm. of like weight, the topic of, you know, bodily appearance and, and how it affects the way that people are are treated it's really just been of interest to me um, since then. So I'm I'm just really happy to to have you guys here to talk about some of the conversations that you're facilitating and, and having on the podcast as well. Um, so I have, I guess I have a couple of questions for you and we can kind of, we can get right into it. Ooh. Yeah. I'd love to start with just kind of, I like to like get the lay of the land for people. So in terms of, let's talk about like fat phobia, right? Like we live in what I believe to be a deeply fat phobic society. You know, mm -hmm. I, I am definitely, you know, have been fat phobic and fat phobic. It's something I'm like constantly working to have to like unlearn for people listening who may not fully understand what that means. Right. Can you kind of tell us about how and where we most often see fat phobia come into play in our everyday lives and then, and then maybe in the media as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I That's think question. <laughs> It is a big question. I will say, I think what I would define fat phobia is, is all the adjectives we mean when we say fat. This is something I say in my solo show that a lot of the time when somebody calls themselves fat, just as a neutral descriptor, people will freak out and be like, no, you're not. And that's because they associate fat with so many other words. So when you say I'm fat, they hear I'm ugly, I'm disgusting, I'm unhealthy, I'm like unworthy of love. Like they hear all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And that is what fat phobia is. It's the word fat meaning bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I can give a, I can give a little like uh, technical definition from Boston Medical Center, um, just for for that. Um, so also known as anti-fat, which is what I tend to use more okay. um, than fat phobia, because people people aren't really confused, but they like to act like they're confused when you say that something is fat phobic or that this is indicative of fat phobia. They're like, oh, but I'm not scared. I'm not scared. They of fat love people, to say that. <laughs> Or they say, are you equating this to homophobia? <laughs> right, oh that kind of thing. So I typically say anti-fat just to bypass that issue. But I'm scared. There's fat people hiding under my bed. <laughs> Literally. Ooh, yeah, not ooh, people uh... would be scared if that was the case. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're, if you're scared of, of a fat person sitting next to you on a plane, that's fat phobia. Like, yes. Or if you're scared of becoming fat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's so true that there are elements of fear like within fat phobia um so 
also known as anti-fat, is the implicit and explicit bias of overweight individuals that is rooted in a sense of blame and presumed moral failing. I love that definition. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty good definition. Um, it's also the way that like anti-fatness affects fat people is also like really rough in the medical field specifically. Um, there are not only like societal implications about like our beliefs around fat people, but there are like real tangible barriers um, for fat people receiving like clothing and certain medical care and for like for people who need surgery for some reason for trans people. Um, there are there are typically a lot of barriers um, from doctors and from like insurance companies to getting, you know, life saving medical treatment. Um, so that is that is also like a large way that anti-fatness affects people. And the bias, too, does come into play in very real and systemic ways because a lot of these doctors hold a bias. And so they it won't occur to them to test their fat patients for certain illnesses or they'll assume you have diabetes, things like that. Right. That's like that is one of the funniest things because it's actually like the only good thing that comes from anti-fatness is sometimes fat people will get tested for diabetes or those kinds of things earlier. Um, and a thin person who might have diabetes just won't get tested because they're not thinking about it. Right. You know? So that's, oh my like, God, yeah. that's one, one upside. Uh, <laughs> the other one was getting the COVID vaccine early. That's yes. yes. Pr- but that's pretty much the end of the list. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you no, have to we, take we your wins. Yeah, you do. Oh my God, that is brutal. Okay. So, and I think this is how I originally found you on TikTok is because there was something that came and like, I have, um, because the podcast is like brutal honesty, right? Like it, a lot of times it ends up going towards like dating stuff because I just have this, I have this master theory that like in their friendships with each other, a lot of times like cishet women are not as honest as I think they could be or should be when it comes to men and like dating topics and like, why didn't he contact me? Or like, why is he treating me like absolute dog shit? And we tend to just tell each other like, well, maybe he's going through something or like his phone is in a basement with no service, (laughs) like his cat died or like, well, you know what I mean? Like all that bullshit. And like, I just think it's at the end of the day, it's like you almost never see the thing that you see with a lot of cishet guys with each other where they're just like, dude, she doesn't fucking like you. And it's like, oh my God, why can't we just say that to each other? So in any event, a lot of this stuff comes down to dating and I get a lot of questions about dating because like that's the topic that people almost always want to hear like brutally honest advice about. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think this led me to you, Abby, because you had posted a really good TikTok about the infuriating advice that fat people get when they're dating, where it's like you're always being told to settle just because you're fat. And it's like, yeah. why should you have to be treated like shit? Why should you have to settle? It's garbage. Like it's such yeah. bad advice. But I mean... So this all, um, I guess like my larger question basically is like dating or anything else, like whether it's like medical, whether it's, you know, any other kind of interpersonal relationship related, what's like the worst or most infuriating advice that fat people are given all the time? Just lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) That. Unsolicited weight loss. That has to be the worst. There's so many, but I think that is the worst because they're saying just bootstraps your way out of people treating you like shit. Like, that's literally what they're saying. I'm choking on my water. <laughs> just <laughs> just like, bootstrap yeah. your way out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When, it and is they're, so bootstrappy. 
It really is. It's very, it's very capitalism. The whole thing is giving capitalism. And mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of nuance to weight loss. Not everybody wants to lose weight. Not everybody medically would benefit from losing weight. There's a lot of evidence showing that sustained weight loss in the long term, especially when you start off with like a lot of weight, quote, to lose, end quote, like somebody my size, mm-hmm. um, like, I mean, even anybody who's just like over 200 pounds, if you need to lose like 50 to 100 pounds to like be in the mm-hmm. BMI that doctors would deem correct or whatever, um, that is almost impossible to keep off long term. It's extremely rare without surgical intervention or other medical intervention. And those yep. surgeries have complications and no one's obligated to get fucking surgery so that yeah. you're like looking at us a little bit better. Like, Literally um, that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that also just anything health related to is it's beside the point, frankly. It's beside the point of fat phobia. If you're talking about, well, fat people are unhealthy, so that justifies any treatment of them that might, you know, wrong. Um, That it takes such a quick left turn. I'm like, oh, oh, you think unhealthy people should die? Oh, literally. Interesting. Yeah. Like, the implications are like oh shit um i always am seeing so i don't remember who stitched it or what it was but i saw such a good tiktok from like i need skinny people to chime in i need skinny people to like chime in a little bit more and be real because like there are girls yes like there but there are girls who will like stitch stuff where like someone who's fat is like being like bullied for some reason or they're being like bothered about something or someone's Mm -hmm. making some ridiculous point where they're like well if you're fat you're unhealthy no matter what and like the girl will stitch it and she'll be like, you know, bang and bod, like skin, like tiny, just like extremely thin. And she'll be like, mm-hmm. I literally eat garbage. Like I eat fries <laughs> for breakfast. Like mm-hmm. I eat nothing but shit. And like, this is genetic. And like, I'm not healthy. Like it doesn't mean anything. Like mm-hmm. I know plenty mm-hmm. of people who are fat, who are able to like beat my ass in tennis on a regular basis or who are able to like, just, it's not necessarily an indicator of anything. And I think that's what bothered me so much about it is like, BMI is a garbage indicator of actual health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. I remember when I found that out and I was like, oh, oh, okay. It's you just know, like, fake news. Like, was, it's so know, fake. Some guy, like, he was a mathematician, correct? The person who came up with BMI, uh, like, was, was not statistics. <laughs> literally statistics. And it's, it's definitely to measure like a population's weight like it's not meant for individual application a white male even northern though... european population exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you are not a male and any from anywhere else then oops not for you <laughs> and what really shifted it for me was finding out that the the bmi categories were renamed in the 90s completely arbitrarily literally for insurance companies to profit more um, so they overnight they moved the thresholds like lower so that people there was an article about it at the time that came out that said people went to bed overweight and woke up obese or went to bed normal and woke up overweight oh my god yeah wow it's just so arbitrary obviously everything comes down to like making money um right damn okay so that's a great episode about that i'll I'll plug them they're amazing they're they they say one more time i think i stuff i'll send people there for the health stuff and i'm i'm going to talk about the entertainment stuff what show is this? Maintenance phase? Yeah. I love what's his Micah, right? Uh, no, Mike. Mike. Michael, not Michael? Micah. 
I was on, um, I was listening. I still listen to you're wrong about like pretty regularly, but I miss yeah. their, like, I miss their, um, just like their chemistry as co-hosts. I thought was so great. I'm like, I miss yeah. them. Come back. I but I know. I like that too. Show. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. really good. The OJ Simpson saga. Oh my God. I was like, Buckle yes, down. it was really good. <laughs> oh, I, I was really blown away by the Andy's plane crash episode. That's. Oh my God. I just listened to that. I was listening on the path and I was like, they lived for how long? Long time. That it was harrowing, and the Horrible. way they told the story was so compassionate and beautiful. I would recommend anybody check it out, especially yeah. if you like survival stories. Maybe don't if you're squeamish or don't like survival stories. And yeah, cannibalism. I think they did the Donner Party too, which I listened yeah, to part of, and then yes. I kind of was just like, oh, like it's so sad. But at the it same time, sad. it's like, wow, the will to live is so strong. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, it's wow, really humanity crazy. Is amazing. We I know. I know. <laughs> we'll really do anything. It's wild. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I mean, I, in terms of like, and let's, let's pivot a little bit. Cause I know people probably want to hear about like, like the dating stuff. Like how do you feel fatness in general affects dating and relationships? Like what is some of that bad dating advice that, that people tend to give? Ooh, um, I think let's go back to the media stereotypes here okay. because what yes. we see about fat people in media is that they are gross and they are sad because they are nobody will love them, particularly fat women, particularly fat white women. Oh. Um, and mm-hmm. there has emerged a trope in opposition to that, I think, which is like the yep. fat Amy, bad bitch, super slutty, fat, like side character, um, whose whole personality is like liking sex. Yes. Um, yep. And that exists because it's the joke is that it's in opposition to the sad trope. So everything is really mm-hmm. built to me on a foundation of like fundamental undesirability. That's what people okay. grow up learning about fat people. And that's like, that's, that's the tone. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, so I have the specific experience of having like dated, just existed in like a thin body and like a fat body, like, being perceived in different ways. Um, I was a, I was a chronic yo-yoer for like many years. Um, so the way, the way that people treat you, uh, is really interesting. Um, but also the way that I treated myself was crazy. And I sometimes don't know how much was different. Like I know, I know things were different, but I had so many, specific beliefs about myself if I was below a certain threshold that like I would be able to get a guy or like people would be interested in me and I I think that that made me more open to that as well um there are certainly other factors like not saying that men aren't anti-fat generally they are um a lot of them are but um there are also aspects of like beliefs about yourself that you pick up from media mm-hmm. and for me it was so because of media just oh god yeah and because of my family because like my you know I have other family members who are fat and seeing the way that they treat themselves and what they allow themselves and how they do or don't believe that they can have certain things you kind of pick up those beliefs from the people around you and from the stuff that you're consuming right and you start seeing it through this certain filter like I would explain away any relationship where somebody was fat and somebody wasn't or where they were both fat and the explanation mm-hmm. would be well they're both fat so um <laughs> I, yep. i'm being brutally honest here i don't no, you're think so that right anymore. 
But that's what people think. And that's what people comment on, like, the Internet about any couple where one of them's fat or both of them are fat. Um, there are so many explanations that people will literally put in someone's comments yes. um, of certain TikTokers who will, like, post their spouse or their partner or whatever. Um People so who do that I are would, unhinged. I'm like, get a right. get a crazy job. town. The world through a filter of it's impossible for a fat person to truly like have someone be attracted to them or in love with them. So when there is somebody who's fat who has a partner, especially if the partner is more conventionally attractive, all these explanations get applied. Or for me, I would just kind of be like, well, that's an anomaly. <laughs> or, well, there's Abby, something about this oh person God. that makes them exceptional in whatever other way, and that's not me, you know? Yeah. yeah. What you're saying, like, hits – that hits hard for me because, like, I think I've told Abby this before. I've probably said it before, but I'll say it again. <laughs> when I was a kid, I just didn't have crushes. Um, I did have them internally. But if anyone asked me about them, any close friends, um, nope. Um, I never had crushes. I would never tell anyone – even if looking back on it now, it was super obvious that someone liked me or that someone had a crush on me. Same. I literally was like, they can't. And it's factually untrue that they would ever have a crush on me. My God. So yeah. I just didn't allow myself to go there mentally. And I Ugh. didn't tell anyone, uh, would just keep that stuff inside and, you know, resign myself to like quietly yearning and like being friends with them. Right. Um, that is very similar to my experience, too. And I will say for me, it's continued into the rest of life. Mm -hmm. And when I would get catcalled or hit on in a bar, I would convince myself that either I had hallucinated it, it was for someone else, or it was just someone being friendly, even when it was like pretty obvious. <laughs> Um, right. Yeah. Like my immediate reaction to getting catcalled to this day is you didn't mean me. Like mm, it's like, okay. oh, there must be someone behind me. I was society is gaslighting you and you're gaslighting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You can't tell. It's really hard to tell. And a, a lot of the time men will gaslight you, too, if you acknowledge it. So, so true. They're like, you're hot. What was that? What was that? Like you <laughs> hot. Who what? said that? They'll say they'll be like, "Hey, crazy. mama." You'll be like, "Fuck off." They'll be like, "Who wants a fat bitch?" Like you know what I mean? You literally you. Yeah. <laughs> me, me, not me, oh not me. God. I didn't say that. <laughs> so delusional. Oh, oh my god. Okay, this is this is absolutely killing me. Well, what you said. I mean, it's what you said at the beginning is so correct. It's like we, you, you said people. It's like people are using the word fat as like a an implied synonym for like piece of shit. And it's like, literally, no, you can just be fat. And it's you just can have negative things that you. don't have to do with right. being fat. <laughs> right. Like, they're not yes. all, it's not like, it, it's not binary. Like, it's not, yeah. or not binary. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not, it, it's not a Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. Like a circle, or it is a circle, but it's not a Venn diagram. Do you know what I'm I trying to say? You can be a yes. horrible person. You can be a horrible person and be fat. This is how I feel yes. about like a Donald Trump character. Like, how people tend to like go toward talking about his weight um, in tandem mm -hmm. with like he's done something bad or has a bad opinion. And I'm or like, it's like these as two punishment are not associated. for doing a bad thing, we're going to bring up his weight. Um, yes. Whereas they uh, would never do that for a person they like. That's the liberal take on it, I think, that yeah. a lot of the time yeah. it's something they'll reserve as a special punishment if they Stop. don't you for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> they'll reserve so it true. as like the last. They're like, well, we'll really go low. And it's like, oh. 
Yes, yes literally. literally. They'll be okay, like, oh, well, nice people sucks, don't deserve to be fat shamed, even though secretly they probably do hold these those beliefs about every fat person. Yeah. That mm-hmm. or they have the glasses on, the sort of cognitive dissonance, and they don't see the people in their life as being fat because they see them as full people. Because they know so it's true. kind of like, okay, like I have this with a lot of like boomers where about the it's just bizarre. It's like when they know someone mm-hmm, specifically, mm-hmm. it suddenly doesn't apply. As you said about fat people, it's like it doesn't apply but like at large the group it's like what where does that come from i've never right, understood but they that they don't realize that person hears them when they're making those yes they hear them yes yeah. it's that it's and like we remember think, we know because oh, it's like our kind of survival you know like we of course to know who we're safe around and so i yes. i mean i remember everything that there are people that i have a vague bad feeling about and i go back and i realize it's because they said something fat phobic about me like 10 years ago <laughs> Or just about fat people in general. Just in front of me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I misspoke. That's That's, the thing is that like people really, people really think that like the fat people that you know and love, like will get it, like get that you're not talking about them or whatever. And you're just, (sighs) but you are like like, a general, a general fat existence, a fat group um, that this person that you love is a part of. And they're like, "Mm, that hits though. Like you could be saying that to me and you are saying it to me. I have kind of a controversial question. I don't know what's controversial. I just don't know the answer. Uh-huh. Um, like at, at what point is someone considered fat or like, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like an asshole. So I'll just ask you, but like how, at what point is someone considered fat or at what point is someone allowed to like claim and be like, I am fat. Do you know what I'm asking? Like, is there a threshold? I don't feel like there is a threshold. I don't really understand. Like when is someone fat or not fat? How do we define that? How does society yeah. define that? It's highly contextual and very nuanced, and there's not really yes. a straight answer, in my opinion. Yeah. I like, I literally just saw, I think, a TikTok by Jordan Underwood on this topic, mm-hmm. um, who is like just a very, a very cool fat activist um, who He's I very much look up podcast. to. Yes. <laughs> um, and so he was kind of like, well, there are as many definitions of fat as there are fat people and like people in general um there are times when i have like looked at myself and been like can i even call myself fat because some people would call me fat some people would call me midsize um some people would call me whatever um but i do think that there's there's just a lot of combinations of things i think part of the reason why i personally identify with the label so much is because I grew up as like a noticeably fat kid compared mm-hmm. to their peers. Um, so like that is a huge part of like my formative experience. Um, and I still, you know, am plus size. Um, although the thing that gets me is that I'm like the average size of a person in the US, supposedly, you know, like 16, 18 kind of whereabouts a lot of people are that size Mm -hmm. so is that kind of person allowed to call themselves fat even though they're average quote-unquote um that's a question I ask myself to be honest um if you ask me because I talk about fat phobia through the lens of entertainment and this is just me speaking I would put the threshold lower than some people would and some fat activists would personally Mm -hmm. because even though the systemic for like the systemic threshold, I would say, like where you're getting the doctor, you're getting harder times fighting clothes, that kind of things, that might be a little bit higher in the entertainment mm-hmm. industry. 
um, who is portrayed as fat is often not quite that size. So I think there's like a lot of nuance there that we should talk about. Cause like, yeah. even if you look at somebody who's like firmly not plus size, somebody like, like Barbie Ferreira, well, she's probably on the yes. cast, maybe even like Lena Dunham girls era, like oh, yeah. the fat phobia yes. she got and the way people oh. reacted to her being on screen, because there's this nuance of what's her body type? Where does she carry Amy her weight? Schumer. Yeah. Amy Schumer. Yeah. Yeah. She is, she's probably a size 10, 12. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like that's not someone who I would consider fat, but the way that she is treated by people around her. And there's like, there's a lot of the social elements of anti-fatness that yes. you absolutely experience at like lower than, you know, plus size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially like as an actor, I was experiencing that the whole way through, even though I look at pictures of myself now and I think probably if I saw somebody that size now, I might not even consider them fat or I would consider yeah. them highly cusp. But I firmly <laughs> identified as fat the whole time because I was just the fattest person around. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is it just that you are, it, is it really just like relative? It's like you're, if you're the largest person in a group, because like, and I even feel it on like a tiny, tiny macro scale where like, you know, when I'm, when I was living in Texas, for example, like I've never felt like, I didn't feel like, I guess, like as self-conscious of myself. And then like, I moved to New York and it's like, I mean, girls here are so, so skinny. A lot of girls here are so skinny. And I'm like, hold on a second. So it's just kind of like, you notice it in that kind of context, but I can't imagine, I mean, like in the world of media, especially as you're saying, it's like, I mean, the pressure in Hollywood or even just in like, you know, theater or media, I can't imagine on like a smaller scale as well, has got to be so great to be just as small as possible at all times. So like if you're yeah, mm -hmm. like a, a 10 or a 12 or even like an eight, mm -hmm. whatever within that context. Oh, that's firmly entertainment fat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Anything about eight, a six is entertainment fat. <laughs> Sometimes a six, six, yeah. boom. You're Depending on out. the era and the trends and, yeah. and lots of things. There's so much nuance about it. I don't think you could set a hard rule because... There could be a friend group where everyone's a size two and someone's a size four, but I still wouldn't consider that person fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, the difference has to be a little bit bigger than that, personally. But, yeah. you know, people can experience fat phobia at all sizes. Skinny people still experience fat phobia. Yes. And they experience the effects of fat phobia medically sometimes, too, as we were saying. So, yep. Yeah. Like I and, and the fear of being fat ruins people's fucking lives, no matter yes. how fat they actually are. So I think this is an issue that affects everybody and that thin people should be invested in dismantling fat phobia because it will help their mental health so much more in the long run if fat is not literally hated and feared. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It is it, yeah. That's something that I would love to just drive home is that literally everyone is hurt by it. Like, yeah. You might, you might think that you do not have anything in common with like a large fat person who has, uses mobility aids and you definitely do. Like you are, you are under the same structures and this person is more hurt by it than you are, but you are still being hurt by anti-fatness. Yeah. So it's, it would, you know, benefit you to keep people that are more oppressed than you in mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a question for you guys, um, that I need brutal honesty on. So a couple of weeks ago, I guess like for context, like I, I work out pretty much every day of my life. And it's at this point, honestly, it is more for mental health reasons than anything else. Like I just feel fucking sad if I don't like do cardio in the morning. So I like, I like Sorry. to do like go on the elliptical and I watch game of Thrones, my iPad. Um, so nice. like, that's my go-to, um, <laughs> like on a loop. 
yeah, I just watch. Well, I'm and right now I'm doing Game of Thrones, but like it just depends what it is. Like I'm watching something mm-hmm. on HBO on the iPad and like doing the elliptical. Um, so that's like my little gym routine. And like, I pretty much go every single day and I'm like, cause I don't know, I don't want to make exercise something that I hate or dread, if that makes sense. Like yeah. my worst fear mm-hmm. is to like have exercise be something that like, I'm just like sick to my stomach. Don't want to go like feeling like, mm. so like, I would rather have it be like my silly elliptical TV show time or like mm-hmm. go for a walk. <laughs> cause it's nice out. And I feel like it time or like, yeah. I don't know. Like if I don't, I'm not going to like go to a class that I like, I fucking, for example, I fucking hate soul cycle. I don't want to ever go to a soul cycle mm-hmm. again. I would Every time I go, then go to any yeah. exercise class, but especially <laughs> yeah. soul cycle. Every time I go to a soul cycle, I am miserable and hating it. And like, there's some classes that I do like they're not of soul cycle, but in general, there's classes I like there's some, I don't. And I'm just like, I am past the point of like pushing myself to like, go do, ac- I just don't want to make a negative association with exercise. Cause like for yeah. me, the mental health benefits are like so great that like, I just don't want to create that. So I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I have my silly elliptical. I have my silly iPad. I'm having a nice time, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. And then like, I, so I made a TikTok the other day and I was like, oh, like I was just like whining and being a bitch. And I was like, I'm so dreading like um, the resolutioners like coming to the gym, like, oh, like you can never get a treadmill. Like you could never get an elliptical. And like, they're always there. And then like, they're gone within two weeks. And it's just like such a pain in my ass or like something like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to make, I made a joke. And I was like, I want to make a gym where like, you can only go in January if you went to the gym the other 12 months of the year or something like that, which obviously <laughs> is not real and like is a joke, but it yeah. was like, I, so I posted that and then um, a girl stitched me and she was like, this is a subtle example of like fat phobia. And mm-hmm. so I took it down. Cause I was like, I would never want to like have someone see that TikTok and be like, Oh, I'm not wanted in the gym because I'm fat. But to be mm-hmm. completely frank with you, I don't care if the resolutioners are fat or skinny. I just care that I can't get an elliptical. Sorry, that's how I feel. But like, is that Dude, fat phobic? That, it's literally fat phobic of her for assuming fat people are the ones who no, are January that's, joiners. That's what I thought. My sister was like, that's isn't it fat phobic to assume say. that the January joiners are all fat? I was like, yes. you're absolved. You're Thank fine. you. I was like, <laughs> I was like I've been feeling horrible about it. And I, I was like, what if like... And I am about to join a new gym and I've been putting it off because I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's like, that's something that's... Ugh. The relationship that you have with like movement and exercise is something that's really, really hard. For, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. um and it's definitely hard for fat people um especially people who have you know like been down a disordered pathway or have have weight cycled and have done that kind of thing because we we so often use exercise as like a punishment yeah um so then it's just really hard to like strip that away and then like rebuild your relationship with movement in like a enjoyment way and just trying to have Mm -hmm. fun moving your body like it's it's a whole journey that I am going through yeah it's rough it feels sometimes like exercise doesn't count if you don't hate it yeah Mm. Um, I will say I think for me dance saved my relationship with exercise I Mm -hmm. hated it had a terrible relationship with it that said I've always been a downhill skier and I have always been decently Mm. active but um that's you know that's only certain months of the year you can only really go a few times a week um depending on conditions and scheduling and everything but obviously mm-hmm. i was in school so then doing dance because of being a musical theater bitch and being like well i gotta brush up my dance skills and suddenly i was taking a bunch of dance classes and like loving it and mm. that and after that i was like i can't go back <laughs> to like miserable sit-ups in yeah. the living room. <laughs> i just don't yeah. want to suffer like i don't want to hate yeah. it so okay what are and we've talked about some of them can we talk about like the top kind of like tropes that we're seeing when it comes to mm. how fat people are represented in the media? You mentioned two that I think are really good examples. You know, like there's the 
the classic like I am a fat woman so therefore I am like sad and ugly and alone mm -hmm. and then there's like the like reclaiming my like sluttiness or like my womanhood or whatever like <laughs> that Amy yeah. kind of example um which I think is like both are you know equally problematic in their own way and as you mm -hmm, said most interestingly mm -hmm. the latter only exists as sort of like a uh the I guess like flip side of the coin or you said it in a smarter way than I could but like a flip right. side of the coin of the original I, so. in my opinion for I would say probably specifically for white people because I think for black women it's been around longer um mm -hmm. because it overlaps with so many black tropes um, but yes. for white women, it has been since the body positivity moment, it has emerged as a trope, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do see that. Yeah. And then yeah. there are different tropes based on your race, your gender, blah, blah, blah. Like, for example, with fat men, you get a lot of gross out humor. Um, yep. Women too, but that is definitely a largely male thing. You also get a lot of like, like stupid fat guy. Yeah. Um, like there's a lot of that. Oblivious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah and a lot sometimes of uh, bully like really mean yes mean like the, greedy selfish yeah like a stand-in for the evils of capitalism fat cat dude in a suit who like represents you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah yeah what about also, um, like king of queens like the it's like gross fat ugly husband like tiny hot wife like that is yeah. a vibe there's something <laughs> that is, yes there. that is yes. a very very common trope I always having Jerry someone Gergich from Parks and Rec. Having someone super thin and someone fat, like together as a duo, that's a yeah. thing that people do. They're like, "This is a visual gag." Yes, Ugh. that is very common. Take Petunia and Vernon Dursley, for example. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, it's that's just one that visual. Comes to mind. Yeah, and yeah. also just a lot of times fatness, and and I think bring up Harry Potter is a good a good example of this um and other kids media too Roald Dahl is super uh, on Roald the nose Dahl. yeah Roald Dahl <laughs> hates that people um, <laughs> oh um but they'll use fatness as a stand-in for like somebody's moral failing um whether that's like lack of willpower um overeating overindulgence or it's like their meanness and their cruelty mm -hmm. um and then you have one that I think I should mention because it's the main one I've been asked to do as a child and teen and student mm. is the sweet nurturing mom. And these are the characters. Yes. Tell you're supposed to like them because they'll say plump instead of fat. Ew, stop. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Pleasantly plump. Literally. Yep. Yes. Like, yeah. Like the happy fat person who's like oh, sunshine. And uh, um, what's your name on uh, Gilmore Girls? The Suki. um, Suki yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I would actually say Suki is a, a, even a little more than that, but like of all the tropes, she would fall into that yes. one, maybe like the slapstick comedy. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She's a little more of a round character, uh, rather than <laughs> oh my god, round, <laughs> round, flat, <laughs> the, nice, the wordplay, um, nice, oh one. my god, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of there's also like. I feel like going along with the nurturing mother, there's also like the mammy stereotype, yes. um, which is, you know, specifically like nurturing and taking care of people and putting other people before yourself almost to like a weird degree. Um, yeah. So yeah. that all of that, um, I feel like there's also a stereotype, maybe lesser known with like um, kind of gender non-conforming, like butch women. Mm -hmm. Oh, true. Um, of being kind of mean and gruff um usually usually gruff pretty like pretty rough right. um not nice not a lot of like it's interesting like 
Um, if you only consume media about butch people and don't actually like meet butches, you would just think that they're mean, like in biker gangs and stuff. And <laughs> they're not. They're so false. just like a fully butch biker gang, but they're amazing. Just just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> Great people. That's a yeah, lot so of tropes. Then I think with there we can get into like some gender stuff. And I feel like there's often with the fat men and the comedy, it's often like feminizing them. Um, True. Yeah, yep. but I, a lot of it comes back to food too, so we can't ignore the food gags, which is yeah. one of the most ubiquitous. Tropes. How do those come into play? I mean, they're just, it's just a joke that the fat person is eating because, of course, they're eating. And yeah, oh God. I don't know why and that's it funny. Just, I literally don't get it. I've never laughed at any one of those gags. Like, and being in a, mu- being in like a, being in a theater, like a movie theater or like mm-hmm. a theater, stage theater. And like having people laugh at like a fat joke always makes me like, are we, are we okay? <laughs> it's just such bad writing to me. I think it's extremely lazy writing and it's boring and it's literally doing harm in the world. And I know that sounds yeah. chronically online of me, but no, that's who's lazy now. To be brutally honest, who's lazy yes. now? <laughs> really, it's, it's, it's the it's, writers. Yeah. It's like that, and so then, it's um, not funny. And like when a joke, a joke is made and like it's it's genuinely like not funny or intelligent or interesting it's not being made because it's actually a joke that's funny it's being made because like it's supposed to shit on one group to make another group right. feel better because it's like that's all it is easy laugh because yeah. people feel good when they laugh at a fat person and feel better than that person Ugh, yeah. yes yeah mm-hmm. yep i don't think anybody thinks this deeply about this unfortunately in the writer's room well maybe yeah that's- but are you ever out. shocked it's... sometimes that you're like this this got a pilot like should i be at hbo you know what i mean like <laughs> literally literally I'm like this got uh somebody you know yeah somebody I mean, with this. while we're here like... somebody produced my screenplay yeah like <laughs> yes <laughs> my god um wait okay then i also do want to ask about i want to ask about tracy t because like i was a hairspray fan like i oh i you love know, hairspray and it came out in 2002 originally in the musical right like pretty early 2000s and i uh-huh. i do think like for that time period, if we look back, right, like if I remember correctly, it was sort of like the like Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, like pre like Kate Moss, like the the very, very skinny or just yeah. like a couple of years before that, like mm-hmm. kind of heyday, I think for Hairspray to like have come out at that time. Like, what do you make of that? I fucking love Hairspray. Like I am. I love Tracy Turnblad. I just was so tired that she was the only character that I was ever allowed to play. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. that was it it, there needs to be more hence more than tracy turnblad um yeah yeah no i i love hairspray i it's actually originally from the 80s um okay i think in 1980 exactly if i'm if i remember correctly i think it's 80 hold on i don't know where i got like 2002 from maybe it just was like no that that is when it came that's the remake Oh, okay. That's when it came on Broadway, and then the remake of the musical was in 2005, yes. which is what I grew up watching. 1988. Daily. Oh, 1988 okay. was yeah, the original yeah. film. Yeah, the John Waters movie. So it's been around yeah. for longer than that. And by the way, so has body positivity and fat liberation and all these movements. They have been kicking around yes. since the 60s, 70s. Um, and, and they were probably knocking around before then, but like just, yeah, you know, just with in different... a big way in the 60s right yeah how do you think like platforms like tiktok or instagram or just like in general how do you feel that like social media has either you know advanced or hurt like you know fat acceptance Mm. i think it's a net good personally i do think it's a net good 
it just it's hard to feel that way sometimes when you're like super involved in it yeah um because it's mostly just people like not listening to you calling you fat just like not not even calling you fat like telling you that you should die um yeah <laughs> telling you that you like, will die yes um they get they get rough on there i mean it's nuts but like i try to remember that some people are so uncomfortable because like this is working and i think more people are like hearing what they need to hear and more people are becoming aware of the yeah. stuff that's going on around them and then people who ha- maybe have a really a really interesting superiority complex about fat people start to feel very uncomfortable because they're like oh no if i'm not automatically better than fat people then like what do i have right now if i can't um, shit on fat people how will i feel better than others like literally exactly. and but how people won't admit that to themselves better? um which yep. they need to yeah because yeah like go to therapy literally go to therapy yeah when you're punching down 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 on a group that's already marginalized that everybody already hates and is punching down on um Mm. and 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 then when that group says hey fucking stop that and you get Mm -hmm. mad yeah something's happening and sure make it about health but nobody deserves to be punched for being unhealthy yeah exactly yeah that's like I feel like that's something that I personally have come to recently is that I used to kind of get into arguments about like about health and about, you know, the corruption in the medical field. But like when, and it, I can talk about that if someone wants to like Mm -hmm. have a legit conversation about it, but it just isn't worth it. And in the end, that's like not the point anyway. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to like educate you in that way. It doesn't matter if people are healthy not or not. Like I, yeah. that should not be a criteria um, for how you're choosing to treat the people around you. Yeah, yeah. That's oh my god, you're right. Very well said. Um, I it's it's fucking exhausting. I feel like there are a lot of times people will ask me to give them the science to prove it to them. That's not my fucking job. It's not your job. Like, Don't owe it to them. It's not the fuck? exactly why do I have to be a scientist now? Like, girl, I'm just trying to be an actor. <laughs> Literally. Like, okay, then Literally. like explain your cholesterol to me. Like, what are you like? I'm like, please. like, what do they want? And they want my personal medical information so I can prove that I deserve respect from them. Yes. This oh is God. okay. That's that's like that's just such a like giveaway whenever yeah. people are, yeah. are asking for that information. And like, okay have we all seen the like shit that has been stirred up about that yoga instructor that like really famous yoga instructor i forget Mm, her name which one that one yes jessamine stanley Mm, i'm gonna check because i want to know who this is first of all um yes yep jessamine stanley um a very like well-known yoga instructor at this point um Mm -hmm. has done a lot of press has been in a lot of magazines has been everywhere um and you know she's a fat black person Mm -hmm. and like there was a photo of her that was floating around on twitter of her doing like an unassisted headstand um so like literal literal headstand with like feet like legs split um just looking super cool um and like all of the responses were like, 
Gatorade, this is not healthy. And like, it was, I guess it was on a Gatorade commercial. <sighs> um, so people were like pissed. They were like, Gatorade, this is not healthy. What do you mean? You can't brainwash us. And I was like, okay, what do you mean? She's doing an unassisted People have stand. no idea how hard it is to do a headstand. It is un, it's so hard. Like, and they're just like, oh, you're showing a fat body. So fuck you. Like, that's all it is. That's exactly. all it is. It's nothing. They're not even, they're not even aware. Yeah. They're not yeah. even aware of what she's doing. She, they're just like, that, yeah. that they looks like a fat person. So in that black and white linear nature of it, like they cling to that so hard. Cause it's, it feels like it's like the one certain thing in this world for them. <laughs> <laughs> for some yeah. people. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So I guess returning to what I said, like, you know, whatever, I lose 30 pounds. It's not a huge deal, but I did notice a difference in the way that people treated me. And I uh-huh. think like my question for you guys is like, how do you feel like fatness affects like, you know, dating relationships, friendships, family dynamics, like all of those interpersonal relationships, how are, how are they affected by fatness? How do they affect fatness? Like how, cause it is kind of a circle sometimes I feel. Mm-hmm. Yes. For me, I, um, I've never had, this is going to sound so bitchy. I've never had trouble making friends. Um, (laughs) I think that being fat people sometimes see you as non-threatening and um, they automatically ascribe a good personality to you sometimes. And uh, I feel like I'm just very good at being like, I'm a safe person who isn't a romantic or sexual being. Let's be friends. Like I project that. I've projected that a lot. Um, and been very clear that that's what that was. You know what I mean? Um, dating wise, for me, there's always been a huge separation between like my family relationships, my friendships, and then like dating has just been this like black hole of dread. Um, so yep. I've I have like basically zero dating experience except my current boyfriend. So I I shouldn't even talk about this. That's I, a lot I, of dating this. No, I have a relationship um, experience, but not dating experience. Yeah. See. I have just started dating for like the first time in my entire life um, because I've been in two relationships. They were very serious um, and I didn't really date around. Like it was just like, and then, um, so it's interesting. I, I am like a queer person, so it is different um, for me or I have experienced, I, I've experienced a difference um, in interacting with, mostly straight men um versus other queer people i find that other queer people are a lot more open um that doesn't mean that they're not like anti-fat as well but um people who are like aware of anti-fatness i find that more of those people are queer um so i just have like a a better pool i i suppose to choose from because i'm not gonna be involved with anyone who's not like at least um somewhat aware of that um but i feel like for me personally it has been a lot about kind of trying to like dismantle my own beliefs about myself and like what i deserve um and the kind of relationships that i deserve and who i should be in a relationship um and not all of this is related to my weight but like obviously a lot of it is um because I feel like I have this expectation to be um a super nurturing person um that's a huge thing that I find 
um, specifically with like someone who's being perceived as a fat woman. Mm -hmm. Um, people are drawn to me, not only because I'm, you know, just magnetic, um, but also you are, (laughs) um, but also because I think there's this kind of like, there can be this assumption that I'm going to be super nurturing, um, and that I'm going to be super supportive and that I have a ton of like emotional energy to give someone and I'm not necessarily looking for any back Mm. as like a fat person so it's not it's like people aren't taking a gamble when they come up to me to be a friend um I find that I find similarly to Abby that I'm pretty popular in terms of like people wanting to start friendships Mm -hmm. um but with romantic stuff I mean like it's hard for me to even know like if someone's romantically interested in me, like it's, it's very hard for me to know. <laughs> um, and that's, that's also a queer thing because queer relationships can be very like fluid and you don't know mm-hmm. if they're platonic or not, but like, it is also about my beliefs about myself. I think there's just that little bit of like, people won't see you that way. So don't even think about it kind yeah. of thing. It's extremely yeah. hard to tell where the separation is. I know there are a lot of fat people who've had sort of the opposite experience to me of having a lot mm-hmm. of like sexual experiences and dating around experiences, but not, but having difficulty finding like commitment, um, which I mm-hmm. think is like very much just happening to people and particularly straight women, um, yeah. women who date men at least. Um, yes. But for me i was like i'm not gonna do all that shit because that just means more opportunities for rejection no i'm not yeah. doing anything <laughs> unless i'm like literally comfortable literally in love and i waited for 22 years for that to happen and yeah, yeah. <laughs> well now i feel weird and and i mean i've mm. i i think it's fine for me to talk about this publicly i don't think yeah. my boyfriend cares but um but now i feel weird like not having had those like dating around sleeping around experiences in the early 20s that most people do um mm-hmm. and y- you know like if i at some point down the line i'm like it's time for me to have those and i'm like 30 i don't know how that's gonna go <laughs> but i i know there's a lot of people out there who are in some kind of boat of feeling like a late bloomer in whatever way um, I was just not never willing to let a stranger see me naked or like someone that I wasn't so comfortable with. So, yeah. yeah. This is so interesting, you guys, because I feel like so. OK, my number one theory, not theory, I guess, like what I'll say is I think that people who are like female assigned at birth and raised as like a girl or raised mm-hmm. as like a woman, um, mm-hmm. There's so much, there's so much that's put on you in terms of expectations of you to like, to be a certain way, right? Like, I do think there's a lot on women in general to be, you know, like nurturing or to be like, mm-hmm. like lean into the domestic or I don't know, to, um, to be very like accommodating of others, both like physically and emotionally, right? Like mm-hmm. don't yes. take up a lot of space, like don't upset anyone, like deal with people's that. tantrums, deal with the tantrums of men, like deal with all of this, like. And so I think all of that adds up to a lot of, and and then not only that, but then like you do have the media, which in general is showing, and I don't know, in my opinion, I think like the media shows women a lot of like, it, it shows a lot of, you know, you're going to meet someone and like, there's going to be this electric connection, but then like, yeah, there's going to yeah. be a struggle mm-hmm. and like, you're going to be in pain and like, it's going to be horrible and crying and mm-hmm. fighting and like, 
abuse, but then like, it's all going to be worth it because like, you're going to get through it and then it's going to be like, you earned it. So I think like a lot of us are conditioned both through media and through like, you know, life experiences to like, to feel undeserving of love or to feel like we must earn it or to feel like we must put up with a lot of bullshit in order to like receive it or get it or like deserve it. Yeah. Um, And then I think on top of that, you know, if you're also receiving these messages, like if you're a fat person or a fat child and you're receiving these messages that like fat equals bad, then to add that on top yeah. of like, no, you literally explicitly the receive the message. Storm. No one will ever love you as the way yes. that you look. Yes. Um, and yeah. I think that women in general are very expected to have our looks be our main feature. Yeah. As a so person. True. Um, like we're expected to lean very heavily on our looks for um, self-esteem is a huge one for respect for like being the key to those like rites of passage or love or life experiences it's a very disorienting thing to know and i've spoken about this on tiktok before to grow Mm -hmm. up especially me i'm a i was a really girly kid like i i Mm -hmm. i liked romance novels i liked tutus i liked ballet like i Mm -hmm. was never a tomboy i was the only thing about me that was not stereotypical girl, straight girl, was that I was like, fuck men from like age 10. <laughs> um, because I already I already knew, I had already processed this cognitive dissonance and that's how it came out for me of like people, I was like a smart kid. I was a funny kid. I was a nice kid. People were constantly complimenting everything about me that was not my looks. And so that made me feel like, oh my God, there's this like huge gaping thing that I don't have. And love is the one thing I can never have. And everything else is like mine for the taking. If yeah. not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and then at the same time as being told you can't have this because you don't have the right look and i knew part of that at least partially my looks and my size was genetic because other people in my family looked like me like i didn't just think mm. we happened to be a family of like lazy overindulgent slobs like i <laughs> I, I at that time already was like it feels like i was born into this and that's not fair and yep. now i can't have love the thing that everyone is constantly telling me is the number one most important thing in a person's life and like is transformative and magical and powerful and like the the thing you should be going for and like every movie i always say like ended with kissing and marriage and i just <laughs> i was just there living in the world every songs about it every yeah. like poems about it i was just there in the world being like i can never have this fundamental human experience that everybody has i will never under understand life because it's not available to me and that made me say like oh my god this seems really fucking shallow like this seems like bullshit like do i really want something that is that hinges on my looks something that i don't have ultimate control over and like do i really want to be liked for that so that it gave me a window to question that to question gender to question monogamy to question like all these different things that i feel like really made me into um a more curious and well-rounded person not to brag no, I, like, I, 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 I actually right. think that is the value in it yeah. Um, yeah that is the value in it because like at such a young age to be having my first crushes and to know at the same time you have to hide this or else you will get like murdered mm. <laughs> like yeah yeah <laughs> like not only will you be rejected sure rejection's one thing you'll be publicly humiliated yeah right so I just feel like so many of us in general are just told or like made to feel 
in some way or another, whether it's your appearance, whether it's like your self-worth, like in some way or another, you're constantly being told or made to feel that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Like, yes. And then that translates into how you believe you should be treated. And I think like, it's amazing to, it's amazing. And I'm like over, honestly overjoyed to hear that you took that and like, you, you know, like your experiences were probably horrible and I'm sorry to hear it. But at the same time, I'm like, it's amazing that you were able to take that and be like, well, fuck this. I'm not participating until it's right for me. Well, I love that. It wasn't as empowered as it sounds. I was really mean to a lot of people along the way. I I lost some friendships (laughs) over being like those shallow love people. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> it is so empty though. Like it's so empty. Cause like truly like I would, and again, it was, again, it was only 30 pounds. It was only 30 pounds. So I can't fucking imagine what I see some of these people on TikTok going through where they're like, girls will talk about like, I lost 150 pounds and guys that were literally telling me to kill myself are like DMing me like what? Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. would, it was to the yeah. point where it was like, I never got like attention like that in my life. And then you start getting that attention from guys like at bars or wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And you just, yes. you just know how empty it is. Like, you know how yeah. shallow it is and how meaningless it is and how it's all just like, ugh, like, it really like, it was like, it was fun for a time. Like it was fun at first. And I'd be like, oh, look at all this like attention I'm getting. And then it just kind of became like, like depressing. It was like dark. Yeah. Cause it's conditional. Yeah. Completely conditional. Yep. Yeah. And Absolutely. if you were ever to gain it back, you know, you'd lose it. And that's very hard pill to swallow. Yeah. That was boy. Oh boy. That's a pill that a lot of people have to swallow. I certainly had to swallow it. Um, it's, that's interesting. And even if you lose like a little bit of weight, you can see a little glimpse of like that kind of difference. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, there's actually been a handful of like thin people that I've talked to who like really do have an increased awareness of like anti-fatness and what's going on because of that experience. Yes, absolutely. Um, it can go either so, way, I would say. I mean, because a lot of people double down and are like, well, back when I was that gross, disgusting yes. person. Sorry, I just hit my mic. Back when I was <laughs> back when I was 20 pounds heavier and was unworthy of love. Worthless. Like, <laughs> literally, like, people will say these things and it's like you are still the same person. It's gonna be that's gonna be some crazy like feeling like you are multiple people in different times. You're like, mm, no, I'm the same person I was when I was four years old, baby. Like, yep. In whatever body, you're still the same person. I don't feel any different than at any other size I've ever been. Yeah, it's like you're yeah. still you. You still gotta still gotta live with yourself in there. You know, I don't think a lot of people realize yeah, but, that. But I, I think people think it's a convenient <laughs> way to escape because everybody else will see you as a different person. So yeah. you get to see, you yes. get to have this little glimpse of like, I could escape myself for a minute. It's very existential. It is existential. Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> this got very cerebral, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My question for you is like, I guess, what are some of the most brutal truths about this whole topic that you think people are unwilling to admit or accept? Anything is, you want. I love this question. Ooh. I've been thinking about this all day. Say whatever you want. That's such <laughs> a good question. Say whatever the fuck we want. Okay, so Ooh. number one, it should be obvious, but media impacts you and you learn from media. Media is a teacher, yep. period. Um, that is something that a shocking amount of people don't get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Yeah. Are you impervious to everything you see? Like people really believe they are. You are brainwashed, bitch. You are brainwashed. We all are. Like humans are so fallible, and like the sooner we admit that, the better. Yeah. You know. Um. I mean, I feel like there's so much propaganda we fall for completely unknowingly, and sometimes knowingly. So that's that's the most 
that's like the overarching one for me. Um, but I will say specifically dating wise, and this is probably my hottest take, is a lot of what you want in a partner is stuff that makes you feel better about yourself. Um, stuff that makes say you more. feel more valuable. For example, I want a guy who can pay for stuff I, he needs to pay on the date. It makes you feel more valuable to have a man who is rich and who provides, right? It makes you feel like you've bagged a catch. Or for example, I want a guy who's taller than me because it makes you feel small and more womanly yep. and more yep. like, gender affirming. Yeah. Like that one I, is huge. Yeah. Huge. We actually just did a whole, um, guys, why do I need to feel like a tiny bird? Yeah, what does it mean? yeah, absolutely. What does it mean? What does and it mean? <laughs> I've I've had crushes on guys that were shorter than me and just never even and just been like, well, wait till that goes away because of that. Like because yeah. I couldn't even see myself like being with them. It didn't compute in the brain. Like it like I would literally have feelings for them and be like, yeah, but like it wouldn't work physically. <laughs> um yeah. Um so I think that's the biggest one is like people's partners a lot of what you want in a partner is actually what you want to look like next to them. Oh, the tea is that hot. was a quote. Ooh. You can quote wow. me. Quote that is good. Me. That is good. Um, people get so fucking mad about that, but it's true of all of us. It really is. Um, I think we all, it's something that comes across your head, especially since love is so, as I was saying, like highly prized in our society and like seen as the status symbol, really. Um, and we can go into the political aspects of that another time. But yeah, um, it's it's a real thing that we we worry about our partners embarrassing us or making us look worse. So true. Um I do have one thing to say about dating specifically and like fatness um, that I find this goes for, you know, in heteronormative society as well as queers, um, especially queers, leftists, you know, talking a lot about um, how we how we want to be anti-racist and how we want to be we want to be pro-fat and, you know, all these things but it doesn't reflect in the people who you are considering um, in your romantic and platonic lives. Um, and that does actually affect things. And you might think that you can kind of conceptualize these things outside of your life and then do whatever you want in your life and have that, you know, connect. But you actually do need to like specifically include different types of people in your life. Um, and I would recommend considering fat people, considering fat people as legitimate romantic partners, um, you know, in any way that you want a partner. If you don't want one, awesome. But like, consider fat people, really do. Like, genuinely just take a moment and be like, hold on, am I like considering this person at all? Like, have I ever, you know, thought of this person in a romantic way or even like thought of that for a second? Right. Um, it can help you, you know, kind of, check your own biases sometimes we've yeah. like learned to categorize people in a certain way through media mm -hmm. um and the fat category is like not a romantic one ever so mm -hmm. i think um i think a lot of people would clap back to everything that they just said with like but it's just my preference i'm just not attracted to fat people that is why like why are you not attracted to fat people and I think for a lot of people, they're like, it's unnatural, whatever. Like, I'm not... Or like I, that they're just not attracted to them. But right. to that, I say the same thing that Abby would say is like, you have learned your preferences from society and what society has told you is valuable. 
I would um, go so far as to say, maybe you've learned your preferences from society. I don't yeah. necessarily believe there's no innate preference. I just think that uh, we all, the first media you see, your sexual awakening media, that was not a fat person because there's no fucking fat people on TV. It's true. So true. That light. So like, oh, they're not shown as like hotties. Exactly. Right. So then you, you most likely go through your life like with that as your idea of sexuality. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to deny that, yep. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't. I don't know neuroscience or anything. I just listen to a lot of podcasts, <laughs> and I host one. I'm not a doctor, um, but I think society. I think we live in a society. I do. Yeah. I'm going to grad to grad school so I can speak about this more. My mom was like, <laughs> I told her about tonight, and she was like, You need to listen to the episode. She listens to um the Huberman Lab podcast. That guy was like the neuroscientist, and she was like, You need to listen to his episode on like obesity and genetics and like blah blah blah. And you're not educated mm-hmm. enough to have this conversation. And I was like, I'm probably not, but like we need to have the conversation <laughs> anyway. But I feel that like I feel that I know enough to be dangerous, hopefully. Oh, you do. Um, I love that. I, I love really that. hope so. Okay. Mm-hmm. To conclude, I want to play a little game with you guys. If you don't want to play, I won't be upset. There's a little game that we play called Hot or Just in Charge. Um, I have this theory that, like, basically cishet men, like, can be categorized on this quadrant where they're either, like... So sometimes you think a guy is hot, but it's really just because he's in charge. Like, um, like, Tony Soprano is the perfect example. Like, when you start... When I started watching The Sopranos... I wasn't that attracted. I was like, he's kind of an asshole. Like, I don't like him. And then by the end of it, I was like, Tony is hot. Me too. But it's because he's in charge. So like, that's the perfect example. Another great example would be Bill Clinton. Um, Is he hot? (laughs) In my opinion, honestly, no. But you start to think that he's a hottie because he's so in charge. These are terrible examples, but you get what I'm saying. Basically, they're good. Hot. I think. So you can be hot and in charge. Hot, but not in charge. In charge, but not hot. And then neither. Okay, let's go. So it's like hot, just in charge, neither that. or both. So this is the game. It's a terrible game, but we love to play. And I play it with guys and they like it too. Like guys think this is hilarious. Um, okay, I have a controversial one because he was just kicked out of Balthazar. Uh, James Corden. Oh, n- neither. <laughs> <laughs> That's my I mean, opinion. He's kind of in charge, but not really. No. No. Well, first I said, surely he's not in charge because he was kicked out of Balthazar for like being a dick. But then he like weaseled his way back in. Like the restaurant owner of the group like apologized, if you recall, and was like, oh, just kidding. Uh, James Corden. So like, what did he make a call? Like, what do we not know? Oh, I've heard he's an. Tell us the truth. I heard he's an asshole. Yeah. Yes. I've heard. This is all alleged, by the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> alleged. it's all alleged. Allegedly, allegedly. Don't We'd sue me. No one listens to my podcast. podcast. We want <laughs> him on. <laughs> um. Okay. Oh, Denzel Washington. Hot. Hot yeah. and in charge. Yeah. Hot and in charge. Hot and in charge. <laughs> um. Yep. I don't really have anything to add. That's like a pretty self-explanatory one. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise just in charge for me yeah not uh, not hot for me he's not hot to me i'm not getting like okay hot. Yeah. i don't know but i don't know i can't decide if i think he's in charge or not because of scientology i don't know yeah. are you guys are either of you guys scientologists oh my god just no. you never you never fucking know you That's never true. know you never know you never know no i am i am a jewish the scientology atheist. thing makes me feel 
like he's not in charge Scientology yeah. in charge of him <laughs> that's so true <laughs> okay um my last one and this is an interesting one robert downey jr oh i think i'm torn i think he's just in charge i'm just gonna say it because i i never mm. thought he was like attractive until i saw him in something does that make sense mm. yes like okay so i was like extremely not in the marvel lexicon until the pandemic and then i was like all right i'm gonna watch every marvel movie that's my project okay, <laughs> okay i need to do that because i don't know anything yeah. So um, my boyfriend and I would watch them. We'd like be hit, pressing play at the same time while on the phone. And oh, um, once I watched him in Iron Man, I was like, okay, I see it. Because before I never, I never got why he was like a heartthrob until I saw him like in a movie acting. So, okay. Yeah. I think you're right is, about that. I agree. This is how I feel about uh, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Like I didn't, mm -hmm. I honestly didn't, I don't find him hot as other characters. I, I just pretty. find Jon Snow hot. Oh, he's yeah, very yeah, pretty. Yeah. He's very I pretty. That. I get that. Yes. When you find the character hot. That's always. Yeah. Yep. Now I'm looking at Robert Downey Jr. He shaved his head recently. Oh. This changes things. Interesting. <laughs> like in the Stanley Maybe he's way? hot now. He was like a little. He was. Oh. He's a sober king as well. So like I have to stand because he's sober. I'm sober. He's a sober king. But like. Mm -hmm. mm. I don't. I don't know. How I feel with the shaved I head. That he's I don't know. I didn't know that. He's giving. Know, he's giving daddy from from Annie. Oh, no. daddy Warbucks. Daddy Warbucks. Yes. Just in charge. <laughs> oh, daddy Warbucks, hotter just in charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, guys! Thank you, you so more? much. Like, I, that's all I've got. But like, let me go back to my list. You really are giving me. You're giving me good. This is good material. I'm like, okay, I have ideas now. Well, give me, let's spit them out. Like, let's play. This is the best game of all time. Can I can play I this game men? all day. Anyone, anyone. Kate Blanchett. She's in charge. I think she's hot. <laughs> she I is hot, but she's more in charge for me. Because didn't she play the um the evil queen with the with the Turkish delight in the Narnia movie? Yeah. No, that was Tilda Swinton. Is that her? Oh. Tilda she's, she is oh just in God. charge, in my opinion. Please. I have like blonde white lady racism. Okay, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Okay, I feel like versus... everyone has that. I can't. Um... Well, here are some photos showing them next to each other, and I will say, tough to tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. The, yeah, it was definitely Tilda Swinton. Oops. Okay, Kate Blanchett. Let's let me. Kate Blanchett, hot. Okay, Kate is Carol, right? Yes, yes. Carol, Kate Blanchett is hot. She's. I think she's hot. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's mm -hmm. just so in charge. She's definitely I, in charge. I saw Tar. She just that was a movie just perfectly engineered. I, I well, it it definitely like it does more in this in the end and like there's twists and whatever. But when I I was watching like the first half hour of that movie, I was like, this movie is perfectly engineered as like a lesbian thirst movie showing Kate Blanchett in a bunch of suits. <laughs> like it's literally uh, just her wearing oh impeccable suits. They can't do this to me. So I'm reading an so article in, in The Guardian. What links Kate Blanchett's new film Tar to Sissy Spacek and Hot Sauce? Oh. Interesting. Hot I'm Sauce. Intrigued. Hot or just in charge? So I true. Love this game. Is it the best game of all time? Like, I don't know how we came. I think I came up with it. Like, my sister and I were playing this, like, 
who was our initial person? And my, it was either Bill Clinton or Tony Soprano. We were like, is Tony hot? Like, do we have Stockholm syndrome? Like, he's literally a <laughs> terrible person. Like, he's a bad person. Well, I don't know. Some people say he's the hero. Some people say he's like the villain. Like, I've read theories. You're making me want to watch the He's an anti-hero. He's an anti-hero. You yeah. should watch The Sopranos. It's so good. I'm going to now because I'm it's gonna only, love him. It's the only thing with guns that I will watch. Like, I don't like. It's like a joke in my house that I don't like movies with guns and anytime um there have been so many times where my boyfriend's like hey come watch this movie with me and i go does it have guns and he's like does it have guns and i'm like then no (laughs) but he got me into sopranos i'm i'm into sopranos guys oh you're fine love to chat with you i'm sorry that like it was not more organized but i'm just glad we got to all these topics because i think this is an important conversation you guys are both so smart and well-spoken and impressive and i'm like thrilled to have you here and thank you for your brutal honesty where can everybody find you like how can they listen what do we do we're we're on all podcast platforms just search more than tracy turnblad or you can go to more than tracy turnblad.com for info also on the solo show um and follow us on social media at more than tracy t on everything and my personal is abby rose morris on instagram and abby rose morris underscore on twitter and mine is maita gordita underscore um on all platforms i love that that's really cute okay (laughs) oh my god well thank you guys so much um and guys tune in again next week for another episode of brutal 